sure this is Bailey Park? No, I'm not sure of anything anymore. All I know is this should be Bailey Park. But where are the houses? You we weren't here to build them. Your brother, Harry Bailey, broke through the ice and was drowned at the age of nine. That's a lie. Harry Bailey went to war. He got the Congressional Medal of Honor. He saved the lives of every man on that transport. Every man on that transport died. Harry wasn't there to save them because you weren't there to save Harry. You see, George, you really had a wonderful life. Don't you see what a mistake it would be to throw it away? Clarence. Yes, George? Where's Mary? Oh, well, I, I, I can't. Uh... I don't know how you know these things, but tell me, where is she? I'm if not... you know where she is, tell me where my wife is. I'm not supposed to tell. Please, Clarence, tell me where she is. You're not going to like it, George. Where is she? She's an old maid. She never married. Where's Mary? Where is she? she... Where is she? She's just about to close up the library. must be some easier way for me to get my wings. Well, Merry Christmas and welcome to Impact. I hope you are doing well warmer in here than it is out there. One of the most iconic movies of Christmas time has to be It's a Wonderful Life. I mean, you've seen the movies about the story of George Bailey. His whole life was all about the building and loan. And everything was put into that environment. And then one day, everything came crumbling down. And he began to believe that he was more, worth more dead than alive. Because his whole worth, his whole value was in what he did. Which really made me think, you know, here we are at the happiest, supposedly the happiest time of the year, yet so often this is the highest time of depression and heartache and pain. It seems like everybody around us is so joyful and happy and giddy, yet some of us sometimes are just wrestling to get through each day. Some of us feel like we're surrounded by a crowd of people, yet we feel completely alone. Have you been there? Maybe some of you are there right now. You know, how do you define your worth? We all value things in different ways. For example, there's a store that my boys and I like to frequent. It's called The Exchange. Have you been there? It's a great place where you can either bring old stuff to sell it in, or you can find great bargains on things that you've been looking for for a long time. You know, there's times when I will pack up stuff from our playroom, and I'm thinking, boy, where do we get all this stuff from? And I put it in the box, and I'm taking this box to trade it in at The Exchange, and I'm thinking, Boy, what I have in this box, I'm going to pay for all three of my boys to go to college. I mean, there's thousands of dollars right here in this box. This will be amazing. And I walk in there feeling pretty good about myself that I'm carrying a box of valuable stuff. I sit on the counter. They look at it for maybe about 30 seconds, and they say $2. And I'm like, no way. We all value something differently. I mean, we see it at yard sales all the time. For, you, for those of you who like to visit yard sales, you're constantly saying, hey, that's not really worth $20. I think we can take it down to five. But those of, us, those of you who are running the yard sale because of all the attachment that you have on whatever that is, you're saying, hey, I'm giving you a bargain at 20. I should be charging you $500 for that thing. We all value things differently, don't we? And we do the same to ourselves. 
Every one of us every day looks in the mirror at ourselves based upon how we define our value, whether we're good enough or not. And it's all based around the foundation that the world says, this is how you value yourselves. Maybe you're the best thing on the athletic field. Maybe it's your GPA and and the scholarships you think you can obtain or the colleges you go to or how high you can climb the corporate ladder. And we all value ourselves in different ways. But here's the hard thing. As high as you want to climb in this world, we still all look at the same mirror of ourselves and wondering, am I good enough? Will I ever cut it? Will I ever meet those standards? Is this really worth it? Because we build these lives that we think makes us more valuable. Look at the house I have. Look at the car I drive. Look at, look at my bank account. Look how much money I make in a year. And we think, well, then I must be pretty good. But one day, that's not going to be there anymore. One day, like George Bailey, it could come all crashing down. And then what? Because we get these certain stages in our life where we try to build the foundation of what we think our worth is based upon. And we begin to realize, it, I'm not hitting it. It's not as good as I thought it was. And before you know it, You're kind of beating yourself down. You're devaluing yourself. You wonder if anybody cares, if anybody even notices you anymore, if anybody even bothering to to see you anymore. And then you begin to make yourself believe, well, this is it. This is life. And we just kind of throw in the towel. And some of you are probably trying to get through this Christmas season with that type of attitude, that mindset. Life has beaten you down so much. You're just trying to figure out how to get through each day. You're trying to figure out what is my worth. Does anybody even care anymore? You know, the beautiful thing about the Christmas story is the reality that this story is all about God intersecting with our lives, intersecting with what is physical, leaving what is spiritual to come to us so that we have the opportunity to be known to realize that we are valued beyond we, we could ever believe in. You see, when those moments when you think this is it, that's all that I have, my, that I need to throw in the towel, this is life, I want you to know something. This boy, baby being born, this child that came into the world is the reality of new opportunities and new beginnings. That's what Jesus' birth brought to us. New beginnings and new opportunities. You know, one of the most amazing things about nature is the change of seasons. I love the change of seasons. You know, you go through summer into the fall and you see all the beautiful leaves that change. And you go to the end of winter and it just seems like everything dies and it's cold and it's miserable. And here we are at negative, what, like 20 degrees or something today. And you're thinking, can spring come quick enough? But guess what? In a few months, spring will be here. And every spring offers new life and new beginnings and new opportunities. That's exactly what life is. Your life and my life are exactly the same as the seasons in a year. Because our lives are a constant change of the seasons. Our elementary years, our teenage years, our college years, our early adult years. And then the kids come and it's just a constant renewal of seasons. And with every new season come new beginnings and opportunities. Life is just full of seasons and those moments. And then the story that we're talking about today is this man by the name of Simeon who went through all these seasons of life. And here he was, an old man, and his whole life was led up to this one moment. This one moment to see the Messiah come 
upon him. He lived his whole life in anticipation of hope coming through this child being born. And his story starts in Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 25. It says, Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he'd seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. And when the, when the parents brought the child Jesus to, to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. There's only a few things we know about Simeon in this passage. The first, the Bible says, is he was a righteous man. If you've been with us at Impact for a while, you've heard me talk about this before. Righteousness is just a Bible fancy word that means to be right before God. In fact, the Bible says God's will for our life is righteousness. In other words, our life pursuit, our life mission, everything we live for is in pursuit of being in the presence of God to experience righteousness and holiness. And that was Simeon. Simeon lived that way. And then the scripture says he was moved by the Spirit to go to the temple courts, to go to Jerusalem. I don't know how this happened. I don't know if he got a phone call from from his wife. I don't know if he ate a bad taco and he's like, I got to go. I don't know how this happened. But in some way, the Bible says he was moved to go. And quite honestly, he probably had no idea why he was going. He had no idea what he was going there for. All he knew was something is telling me to go. You know what the beauty of the scriptures share with us? is every day, guys, listen to me, every day there is a God, the creator of all the universe, who loves you so desperately, every day he is fighting for you. Every day he is interacting with your life in such a way for you to see him and to know him so that you are known by him and you see your value and your worth. He's moving all the time towards something for us. And he's pushing us towards something every single day. The problem is we don't always hear it. And I hear it all the time. Well, Bill, how do you really know God exists? I mean, you can't see him. You can't touch him. I can't physically understand him. And so often we struggle because we try to put a spiritual God in the box of what is physical and what we feel we can explain. Well, guess what, guys? We can't explain everything. We're not smart enough. And, but we try to put him in this box. And we try to say, well, where is God in all this? Well, let me ask you a question. Do you believe the wind exists? I mean, I can't see it. I can't physically touch the wind. But when I was driving on the road yesterday, I saw the effects of the wind. I felt the effects of the wind. And I saw it all around me. And the same is true with God. I see the effects of God every single day day. And he is moving all the time. The question is, are we slowing down enough to listen to him, to hear him, to actually see him? Because the Spirit of God is regularly prompting us and moving in our life to move us into his presence. That's what he's doing. God's heart and God's desire is to draw us and drive us into his presence to experience him more. The question is, do you recognize the spirit of God that is moving in your life? Because I promise you, he is. Every single day, God is moving 
around you and in your life. The question is, are we recognizing it? The Spirit of God can really be equated to our conscience. It's that ability to acknowledge what is right and what is wrong. Which way should I turn? Should I make that choice or should I not make that choice? Should I go with that person or not go with that person? Should I follow that crowd or not follow that crowd? The Spirit of God is always working. The problem is we've done a pretty good job at learning how to ignore it. And we ignore the Spirit pretty stinking well today. We do it all the time. I mean, those of you who are parents of teenagers, you kind of get this, don't you? I mean, I'll be driving in the ro- down the road, and I'll have one of my boys sitting in the, in the car seat in front of me, and I'm cheering my heart. I'm like, dude, I'm telling you the story. I'm telling you this amazing thing that happened to me today, or I saw this animal, or I saw this happen, and I feel like, boy, I'm really kind of hitting it because I look over there, and I see tears coming down their eyes, and I'm thinking, wow, my story is powerful. I'm really affecting them. It's an amazing, powerful story. And all of a sudden, I look over, and I hear, what? Are you talking? And the whole time they had their air, air uh, what do they call it? AirPod buds, whatever, they're in their ears, right? And there was some powerful music that's affecting them, and they didn't hear one thing I said. And guys, that's what exactly what we do to God. We put our, so to speak, air buds of life in. We tune in to things that we agree with, things that we feel like we connect with better. We tune into things that we feel we can explain. And then we wonder why we don't hear God, why we don't see him, when all the time he's working all around you every single day. He's working. He's working. Sometimes, though, we just need to break away from what is normal to us. You know, it's crazy. I see it in my life. I struggle with seeing God at work when I live in the realms of what is normal to me, the things that I can define, the things that I can explain. But he doesn't work in those types of boxes. He's constantly working outside those boxes. And sometimes we need to step out of the things that we feel we can explain to really see what he can do. Sometimes we need to step away of the crutches of the things that we rely on to see how he's doing and how he's working. That's what Simeon did. Simeon was prompted to the place where he would encounter Jesus, to be in his presence. And God is constantly prompting us and working in our lives and working all around our lives to prompt us into his presence. You know why? Because in his presence is where you find your worth. In his presence is where you find your value. We live in a world that's so broken today, so beat down by life, struggling so hard. Where do I belong? Where do I fit in? When the reality, it's always been right there. There's a God who's chasing you desperately to help you to realize you belong in me. In me, you will find your value. It's not on what the world provides. It's not on anything you can gain on the world. It's me. But like I said a moment ago, we struggle so much because we attempt to find our worth in all the things that we can define. How good is my GPA? How good am I on the athletic field? How great is the college I go to? How high can I climb the corporate ladder? You can add anything in there. And we try to find our worth based upon all these things. But these things are all material and do not last. George Bailey learned that. He put his whole worth in the building and loan, and one day it was crumbling. And he was wondering, why do I exist? What's my worth? And I fear that too many of us 
miss out on the reality of our worth, miss out on the reality of our value, struggle so much to find that we truly belong somewhere because we're trying to find it in all the wrong things when it's found in the presence of God, the child that came to us. Our worth is found in the creator who designed us, who created everything that is. And the Bible says when Simeon arrived to the temple courts, he was so excited because in this moment, he saw his worth. In this moment, he saw his value. In this moment, he saw everything that he was living for was in this child. And, he, and the Bible says that he began to praise God. You know, naturally, within all of us, our deep desires. You see, when God created us, way back in the beginning of time in the Garden of Eden, when he created mankind, he created us in the image of God. You know what that means? Unlike any other creature in the world, he gave you and me a soul, an inward connection with him himself. In other words, our identity, who we are, our worth is found completely and fully in him. But the problem is when sin entered the world, it created this big divide that separate us from God. And ever since that, mankind has been running towards, where do I belong? Where do I fit in? Who am I? What is my worth? What is my value? And the whole gospel story is God chasing us to find who we are in him. And then that's when Jesus came to seal the deal. This baby who was born to walk and live in this world with us, to live a sinless life, to ultimately die on that cross so that he is, you realize he is fighting for you. He is desperately fighting to have a relationship with you. Who else in the world would fight for a relationship with us so much that they would die for us to do that? Who would do that? And within us, we were created with a need for affirmation and attention and affection. In other words, we, every one of us, were created with inward need just to be known, just to be seen. But because we try to build the foundation of our value on all the stuff of the world, and we never add up, and it never lasts, and never materializes in the way that we hoped it for, we begin to devalue ourselves. And then before you know it, what has really, mass, really escalated all is the reality of, of Facebook and, social, and, and, and Instagram and Snapchat and all those other social media apps. Because every one of us, guys, let's be honest, every one of us, all you do hours upon hours every day is you go on those little those social media accounts and you just scroll through everybody's life. Comparing yourself every day to every person you see. Constantly judging yourself or them if you're good enough. If you add up. And over and over again, we begin to devalue ourselves. And honestly, every person usually on there is lying in some way. What they're putting on there is not their real life. And we can crop our pictures however we want now. But we believe it. And then we devalue ourselves over and over again based upon the other people we see. And then before you know it, you begin to feel very other than. And too many of us walk through every day of our lives judging ourselves and putting ourselves down, feeling very other than. Like we're not good enough. We're just not worth it. We don't add up. When there's a God who desperately loves you, 
You see, the best gift he gives is his presence. It's the ability to be in a presence with him. And in the busyness of life, we get so overwhelmed and we try to build for us the perfect lives, the lives that we dream of, the lives that we desire. And we just make ourselves believe, well, when I get there, when I accomplish this, then I will be happy. But then you get there and it's never enough. We're never satisfied. We're never complete. You know why? Because that destination that you've implanted in your mind that is the root of all your happiness is not really the root of all happiness. It will never satisfy because within all of us, we seek all the same thing. A place just to be known. A place just to be seen. A place to be valued. The presence of something. And the best gift that God gives is his presence. You see, we tend to miss the main thing God offers is himself. Is himself. And in his presence, hope is truly realized. In his presence, that's where you realize you are loved. You are valued. You belong. You have a purpose. And that's what, exactly what Simeon realized. The moment he saw that child, the moment his eyes locked on that baby, he realized there is something bigger than me. There is something bigger than this world offers. And it's all with this child. Hope is realized. You know, the Bible said that Simeon waited for the consolation of Israel. You know what that means? Every day of his life, it was his main mission, anticipation, to live for the hope that was to come. He believed this day may be awful. This day may not be what I hoped it to be, but hope is coming. It may not be today, tomorrow, or next year, but it's coming. And every day, I'm living in anticipation for it to come. You know, the Greek word that's used here is a Greek word called prosdekomai. Throughout the Bible, in the Greek language, there's many forms of the action to look. There's look up, there's look upon, there's look away, there's looking in. But the Bible in this form uses the word prosdekomai, which means to look for the coming. It's a beautiful picture. Uh, Dekomai means to wait, and pros means forward. And you put these two syllables together, and you get the word waiting forwardly. You know what that means? Every day of Simeon's life, he was waiting with anticipation for the coming hope. He knew it was on the horizon. And guess what? This baby that came did not just die on the cross and said, that's it. He promised hope is coming again. Today may not be the greatest of days. Next year may be a good year. Maybe it's not. But hope is on its way. And like Simeon, we can live every day with the anticipation of the hope that is coming. Jesus said this in Revelation chapter 1, verse 8. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, Almighty. Jesus was there in the beginning, and he's there in the end. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. My friends, no matter what you're going through in this world, no matter what you're going through in life, no matter how beat down you feel or how alone you feel in this moment, you have a place to belong, and it's in the presence of the living God. He loves you. He's fighting for you. And he just wants you to be known by him.
right now as we get ready to close out this segment of our service and sing some more songs, we're coming to a time of communion. It's an opportunity to remember the sacrifice that this child ultimately gave. You see, this baby that was born was born to ultimately give his life for you, to die for you, to experience the love that he has from the Father. I don't know what's going on in your life right now. I don't know what you're wrestling with. I don't know if today was a good day or a bad day. I don't know if you're really enjoying this season or quite frankly, you're just trying to figure out how to get through it. But I hope right now in this moment, as we remember the sacrifice of Jesus, as we remember what he's done for us, I hope that right now you can just take a moment to separate yourself from all the craziness of the world and just sit in his presence, experience him, and know there is a God who loves you. And in him, you have a place to belong. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the love that you've given to us. Lord, right now we seek you. We draw towards you, Father God. Lord, right now I just pray for every person in this room and who's watching online. Whatever's going on in their lives, Lord God, I just pray that, we, that they may experience you. And Lord, that help us to just find our value and our worth through you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.